Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey, it's Malls. Thanks so much for tuning in to Please Advise. Remember, if you like today's show, make sure that you're subscribed in iTunes so you never miss an episode. While you're there, feel free to review us with five stars. It helps the show climb the iTunes charts, which means other people can find us and join the hashtag PleaseAdviseNation. And more importantly, if you have a question or dilemma you want help with on the show, call 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your letters or voice note recordings. That's askpleaseadvise. PLZ advise at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. You guys, it's episode 93 of Please Advise, the second episode of Please Advise ever recorded at my house, which is so exciting. Today has another um, distinction to it. We have two guests that I know from two different areas of my life, and they both have a theme in their last names, flowers. Jeff LaTulip and Brie LaRose, you guys. Yep. Brie. Yeah. Brie, real quick on how we know each other. Back in the day at Boston College, I was in a sketch comedy group called Hello Shovelhead. I took it way too seriously, and it was my entire life, and that's why I live in L.A. now. Uh, after I graduated... Uh, I continued to get late night calls around September 11th every year <laughs> from drunk college kids saying, we took new kids in the group. And one night I got on the phone with a very young, drunk Brie LaRose who had just been, in, uh, I guess, how what was it? An introduction? Initiation. Initiation. Thank yep. you for that word help. Uh, it was a weak initiation. I remember getting way too drunk at mine and yeah. everyone being like, dude, we're not even pressuring you to drink. How are you this drunk? Uh, well, because you go in and you're like, oh yeah, college drinking. Oh, no, today's the day. This is the day. I, I pretend couldn't I know believe how to drink. It. I couldn't believe I got in. I was like blown away. And by the way, I almost didn't get in. There was a Greg Johnson, who's a comedian some people might know in New York. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and he told John Durbin, shouts Durbin for not wanting to take me. Durbin was like, we're not going to take her. And uh, Greg was like, she's a writer. If you don't take her, I'm quitting the group. Bam! Wow. So that's how I got in. Thanks, Greg Johnson. Shouts. <laughs> uh, Jeff and I know each other through the same way um, AJ Marichal, who is on our show two weeks ago, and I know each other, our bachelor group. Yeah. Which is headed up by previous guest Amy Kaufman. Um, and it's basically where all of us grown-ass people, mostly women, some men, are all of our men straight? I, uh, somehow I think so. Yeah, that shouldn't be, but I don't it know is. who Baker is. I don't know if Baker's a man or a woman. Yeah. Or, or what's going on, but Baker might be a gay man. Possibly? I feel like we, we're failing by not having one. We don't. We all, none of us know each other, basically. Yeah. And all we do is we all email about The Bachelor all How did all, you find out about it? Through Amy, who knows all of us and knows us oh. all of us. Yeah, she, runs, oh. batch obsessed. she runs She runs an actual club. Yeah. 
That's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy, um, we're, you know, we're kind of cheating on Amy today by being here together, but I really feel um, that Jeff has always brought very strong, hilarious commentary to The Bachelor thread. A lot of it has stuck with me. Uh, I'm very into people who have similar observations to me. I feel validated by that. And Jeff has a lot of similar observations. So I'm excited about today. I also think he's going to bring some new flavor to the calls. You have an edge, Jeff. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm, you have a little bit of an edge in the batch group. If if we if uh, my goal here today is to that everyone who asks something I, they stay alive after I've talked to them. Completely, you guys. That is super important that you do not kill yourself yeah. as a result of anything said on this show. And and just to legally protect myself, this is a comedy podcast. And if you kill yourself, it's super not my problem. Please don't. And also, I don't have anything for you to take except for a deaf dog. Do you want that? I don't think so. Um. Jeff, you are a screenwriter by trade. Is yes, that correct? That is correct. You wrote Going the Distance? I did. Okay, so when we went to your house for the batch group, I don't Google people just as a rule. And when we went to your house for the batch group, I was like, dude, that is like wild that Jeff has a Going the Distance poster. Like, I would so not <laughs> peg him for like that being his fave movie, but like totally. Um, and then and you wrote it. That's it's- why. It's no, it's no Shawshank, <laughs> but I, I'm proud of it. People I like love it. rom-coms, dude. Yeah, it's like a- How did that process I actually, go? I hate rom-coms. So um, but this was, I more or less wrote it as a reaction to everything that I hated yeah. about the genre. It was, all, it's an, it's like an anti-romantic comedy uh, in the way of the breakup sort of. And yeah. That, it's about a long distance relationship. I'm very, I'm very thankful for uh, Judd Apatow and the like, because if they didn't sort of push through- their romantic comedies, I probably wouldn't be here. So how did that process go? It was, uh, so um, one of my uh, best friends here, his name's Dave Neustadter. He's an exec at mm-hmm. New Line. When he was an assistant, I was a reader there. I read scripts for the studio. That was my first internship was in publicity at New Line. There you go, with Candace. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Candace is awesome. I, I can't um, believe you know Candace. Okay, oh, of course, cool. yeah. Um, she just got married. Again? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. When I sh- okay. Um, I didn't mean for that to sound shady. <laughs> I did not mean for that to sound shady. Hi, Candace. What up? Boston College girl. Um, yeah, that's right. So so Dave had been in a long distance relationship. Um, and I was just I had I had moved in with a girl um that I had been dating for like a year and we had been living together for like two months and she true story. Cheated on me with a guy who voted for Mitt Romney. Ooh, no. All right. Yeah. So she moved out and I was like, um, you know, processing that. And Dave was, <laughs> Dave was, Dave was getting out of his long distance relationship. And it, it basically came down to like, we both have stories. Yeah. Nobody's done a long distance relationship comedy, but a thousand people have had them and it seemed kind of fertile yeah. ground for stuff. So we just smashed our experiences together and. That's so wild that. you yeah. say that, man. Voted for Mitt Romney. It's weird. Or you cling <laughs> to like the thing in the breakup. You're like, well, that's the thing. I, my, I had an ex who cheated on me with a girl named Jamaica. And I was like, oh, I can't feel bad about that because that's r- insane. I know a girl named Jamaica. So we're going to have to talk about that later. Please. Is she white? <laughs> yes. Is she? Did she used to read scripts at an internship back in the I, day? That I do not know. I think she blew my college boyfriend who followed me out here. Uh-oh. Interesting. I've never met her. If she blew my... Hey, Jamaica, <laughs> if you blew my college boyfriend, you did me a huge favor. Yeah. Thank you. That's how I feel about Mitt Romney guy. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I love telling the story because that's... I mean, I was upset about the relationship at the time, but now I've got a story yeah. that I can just be like, hey, 
that's who she cheated on me with. So yeah. if I ever saw that guy, I don't know who he is, but if I ever saw him, I'd, I'd buy him a beer yeah. in a heartbeat. Jamaica meat, uh, successful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brie, what are you doing, girl? Super unemployed right now, uh, yeah. as Christine and I were saying. Moved out here a year and a half ago, though, and are already killing it in a way. You yeah. Okay. I'm so. trying to do the, like, don't downplay uh, things that have happened, but it's hard when you're like, Every day you wake up and you're and like, you're what is today? Yeah, yeah. And what is tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Welcome to LA, honey. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> try to lean into it, get used to that whole cycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I finished on uh, Lady Dynamite, which came out yesterday. Oh, Maria I Bamford. heard about yes. that. I'm such a Maria Bamford, huge fan. She is a precious angel. That's a classic first job. Well, no, actually, that's like fifth, fourth or fifth job. To be writer's yeah. season is actually really hard. That's mm-hmm. huge. And it's a huge fucking job because I, I am in, I could not have done that job myself. It's really, really, really hard. Yeah. Because you basically are writing down everything that comes out of everyone's mouth, but you also have to have an editor's ear because not everything that comes out of everyone's mouth is a value moves the script forward or is meant for the doc and that's a really hard job to have because when you go home and your notes aren't right and you're there on script and the writer's assistant has put this thing together like you're either like this writer's assistant has saved me or fucked me Mm -hmm. Uh, so what do you think of this journey how was that for you it was really crazy because I started as the PA the writer's PA yeah uh, and I was just so happy to have that and so midway Western that I was like, I am going to get the shit out of this candy. I am going to pull the Twizzlers out of the bag. I'm going to array them in a beautiful fashion. What else do people need? Juice. I like got in trouble for taking too many juices from the Netflix kitchens down to the writers because I I just want to have these here in case anybody wants them. And somebody from Netflix called down and was like, there is a girl taking cold presses by the hand. I was going to say, it's it's a press juice moment. Oh, yeah, it? It was yeah. Co- we stopped carrying them. People so wait, went crazy for the cold press. I'm sorry. At, in the Netflix kitchen, they have, is it press juicery proper? Yeah. Okay. Didn't they just have it fully stocked every day? Yeah, but not for anymore. Free? But yeah, it, well, there was a brief golden age okay. where there was just all the juices you could want. There's always that one person at a place like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, you can't you can't have your yeah. juice. And but the thing that was annoying was somebody called down and was like, she looked very sneaky. <laughs> And I was like, I am six feet tall. I was going to say, you can't sneak anywhere. <laughs> I, I cannot I'm sorry, sneak. What? And I'm the smiliest person ever. I would be in the elevator like, eh, that just is the, some juice. the person who's calling you sneaky is the person who waits after work and carries a case of pressed juicery, <laughs> even though it lasts only three days. Yes. She probably has thousands of rotten pressed juicery juices in her fridge right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. I don't trust this person. I don't like that that person did that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. If I yeah. find out even, who it was. I'm not even going to work at Netflix now. She sounds like a real Jamaica type to me. She was a real Jamaica. (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, (laughs) what else were your responsibilities? How did you get moved up to writer's assistant? Oh, yeah. So uh, I think what happened was that they just saw like that I wanted to learn. That was the big thing. They were like, this girl's excited to be here. She wants to learn. And then opportunities kept popping up like the show. Does the other writer's assistant show? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm just going to say I'm someone shit the best for the PA to get bumped up to writer's uh, assistant first yeah. year. Well, it was like there were two steps. Yeah. I, first, I got showrunner's assistant, and that was great because it was literally just like caring for my boss's dog. Yeah. Um, 
Maria's dog, the pug? No, the showrunner, Pam. She has an Australian shepherd named Gomez. Oh, man. So cool. He is a prince. He feels like he's a step away from knowing how to speak English. Oh, my God. He is so smart. So sweet. And those dogs are hyper. They are. Yeah. That's the best job. Yeah, it was great. But you had to have had some kind of skills to be moved into a writer's assistant position after that because that doesn't just happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I'm very smart and talented. <laughs> there it is. You are a Boston College girl. Yeah. Uh, fly like an eagle, honey. Film studies degree from Boston College. Girl, we all know. Film studies degree from Boston College will take you places. <laughs> all Thank right. you, Drew Yano. Did you, I know, Drew. Oh, Christ. Drew Yano. Shouts, Drew Yano. Oh, my God. You guys, IMDb Drew Yano. Um, Can I tell you guys something that what? I've just learned about Boston College? Yeah. Please. You guys are so much better than those dicks from Emerson. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome. I honestly, I try not to uh, tangle. I, I try not to get in there, but yeah. I will say that I do I've have always, a bit of a complex about it. I've always known we're better, yeah. but I just don't say it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. thank you, Jeff, for doing I have, thank I you, have, Jeff. I have a couple friends from Emerson, and I like them and almost nobody that they know. They, it's like you get a you major in sketch comedy at Emerson. Yeah. That's yes. a sketch comedy major school, and that's not fair. Uh-huh. That's cheating. <laughs> it's true. Sorry. Uh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You major. You spent $70,000 to major in sketch comedy mm-hmm. a year. Um, all right. Did you guys bring three reasons each why you're qualified to give advice? Yes. I'll make them up. Okay. Let's go. Love your processes. Bree, go first. All right. Uh, number one, I used to teach middle school English in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, which means that I had every emotional, uh, interpersonal conflict hurled at my face very loudly all day long. What age? Uh, sixth and seventh grade. Tough. Wow. That is good. Those are those are bad people. Oh. Yeah. Those are actually they're just sixth learning and how to. Are bad people. Yeah. That's when they're like, oh, we can be assholes. Let's do it all the time. Eighth grade, I remember being a much more mentally even year. Sixth and seventh grade was a literal war zone every day. Like I have never. I've never hated living more. Christine and I were talking about being low-key suicidal. Like, I think I was, like, literally considered killing myself. Not in a real way. I just was like, I can't wait to die. Like, I would think that every day in sixth and seventh grade. I hated being alive. The worst. So that's why they're bad people. Continue. Next. Uh, Number two. Uh, Oh, I uh, get uncomfortable talking about myself. Uh, So... I find that's helpful for advice because sometimes uh, I don't care for it when people ask for advice and then they just relate it to something that's tangentially related to their own lives. Yeah. But not really that much. I'm a hard 50-50 on that. You know why? I think people do their best to understand. Mm -hmm. And so I get frustrated when someone's comparing apples to oranges to me. Like when they're comparing my high-pressure Hollywood career to the time that they worked retail at Forever 21. I'm like, (laughs) yes, but no. You know? And also, I'm a cunt for thinking that my job is different and better. But, like, it's just different. And how dare you? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I think people really don't know how to – like. Empathy doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. so they have to put themselves in that position of comparing it to the one time they, you know, whatever. Number three. Uh, Number three. I think I'm a good emailer. Wow. Yeah. What's your sign? You like to do a lot of weird things. What is good? Like, you're good at all of this terrible stuff for I Like, what? what's your sign? I'm a Virgo. Okay. Wow. I don't know about that. That's awesome. I don't so know. August? It's September, mid-September. Okay. I'm late mm-hmm. September. Oh, are you a Virgo too? No, I'm on the cusp. On the cusp. Oh, so, Cusper. Do you can, identify can, with one over the other? I consider myself a Libra because that's what I've been told. Oh. I'm more like... 
I know nothing about astrology, so. Uh, Jeff, uh, what are your three reasons? Uh, number one would be that I don't care. Um, and so I think that, uh, a lot of times that, uh, allows me to, uh, just be honest. Um, and I think people, um, get, get a lot, when people are asking for advice, they get a lot of kindness and not necessarily a lot of helpfulness. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be helpful. Um, <laughs> number two, uh, I've lived everywhere. And so I've met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. I know people pretty well. Um, and so hopefully something that I say will have at least a partially universal component to it. Thank you, Jeff. There yeah. you go. Those are great things. Beautiful. But I'm going to ask you three questions back. You guys are going to share your questions. Normally I tailor this to the guests. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, number one, uh, what's a group of people that you look down on? Oh, that's hard. I'll go. You I know. Start. I I know one right away. I look down on people that like the things that I like. <laughs> so like, I I love cigars. I love poker. I love whiskey, and I do bonsai. Okay. And I hate everybody else who likes those things. Wait, you do bonsai? Yeah, like I have bonsai. You what does that mean? Yeah, like I I grow and and shape bonsai. Wow. Yeah. I'm not very do. good, but I needed something. I'm ve- I'm a very impatient person, uh-huh. and so I needed something to kind of slow me down uh, and slow my mind down when I'm thinking too that much. That is so, fucking wild. So Karate Kid. Is, are bonsai trees the only ones that you can do that with to breed those like small? Well, b- bonsai is basically you can do any tree, but it's basically just means a tree in a pot. That you keep in like a he's using it as a verb. Yeah, I was thrown by that, and I just yeah okay all right. That's yeah that's yeah that's what happened. I know because I've always thought of it as a bonsai. A bonsai. No, and and it is, and it is, but I I I bonsai. Wow. Who do you look down on? Um, Find one deep within. I know. I know. There's somebody. Uh. Oh my god, this is very difficult. You are so midwestern. I know. What what's something that really makes you angry about someone, and then pull back up, pull back focus on that, and <laughs> what group do they belong to? Oh, you know what? I look down on people who are just so negative. That's their instinct. Yeah, just go negative with every, even like in a super fun situation. Everybody's like hanging out, being positive. Yeah, and that's their like go to joke. They see the to, bad like, say people. the negative yeah. thing, and mm-hmm. then be like, oh, I was joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's dark. You're right. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, I was thinking like what. Westboro Baptist. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but I also kind of um, love anyone who's passionate, so I also don't hate them. For the record, I, I also don't like them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, what reality character do you re- uh, relate to the most in all of reality television? A specific person? Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's that's digging deep. Mm. Can I be uh, super egotistical for a minute yeah. and say RuPaul? Yes, hey. I think that's awesome. I, I mean, I don't think I'm at RuPaul's level right now, but Great I think answer. our spirits feel the same to me. I love that, and I think that's an awesome answer. And you got the height. And the height, yeah. <laughs> Someday the suits. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little because I, I, can't think, I can't think of a reality person that I'm like or would want – well, I can't think of one specifically that I'm like, but I can tell you, and I say this every single time I I watch Project Runway, if I could choose to be anybody else, even for just like 10 minutes, I would want to be Tim Gunn. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Gunn's like fantastic. I, first of all, like I, I need him to be my uncle. 
But but if I could be anybody on a reality Tim show, Tim Gunn, uh, celibate by choice. Really? Did you know that? I for did all not. time or just yeah, like a late in life choice. decision? Celibate by choice. Uh, I think that he's done this for many, many years. And yeah, he's celibate by choice. Uh, okay. Number one all time, like fucking no go at the jump relationship deal breaker. Like I won't even get to talk to a person who's like, like does that or looks like that or has that. Nagging. Nagging. And even yeah. a hint of, even if I know the guy is like, a nice guy, super con. If he even has the instinct to do that as a joke to like make somebody feel shitty, yeah, I, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, how do you unteach that to a person? Yeah, I uh, walked out of a dinner not long ago because the guy nagged me, and I would have never done that in my life. And I've known this guy for years. I burned the bridge hard, but I just was like, I'm not gonna sit here and have my emotions attached like that. And I, it, I. You're a nice person, Brie. <laughs> Jeff, what's up? Uh, uh, this is going to be funny to you guys, but I would say anybody who is more than moderately religious. Okay. Because oh. okay. I'm just, I can't. Okay. So. You don't tolerate it? I, I, oh, I can definitely tolerate it, but if it's if it's a big part of your life, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work, gonna yeah. work. And I'm not, I'm not uh, antagonistic about it. Yeah. But it's just one of those, like, yeah, this is not going to happen. You know yourself. Right. Yeah, Realistically. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think I got really back into religion through a relationship and I really, I found that to be one of the things I respected most about the person out of everything was that they had something they believed in and whether it was something or not I believed in. It's interesting you say that because I've, I totally felt that way for years and it changed my, like I had a total, like it broke for me Like when I realized for some people it's just different. But I also grew up ugly Catholic. Like, you were Catholic too, right? Yeah. Cat- what were you? No, I, I was I, – I think we went to Methodist church and then I was 12 and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going back. And your parents um, were chill with that? They were great about it, yeah. They never never like put it on me or anything. But now my, my fiancé, who's from – was born in Taiwan, is Buddhist. Uh. Um, but she's very like – I like I like going to the temple every once in a while and reconnecting yeah. with it, and then I'm good for a while. So yeah, and Buddhism yeah. isn't also it's not really in your it's, face. It's it's it's, it's much more of a philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take our calls. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Malls and Christina. I'm a longtime fan of the podcast. Um, it, it's been like such a joy <laughs> and comic relief every week in my life, and I thank you so much for it. I love you guys. I am 28 and I live in the LA area. My question is work-related. Basically, I know that I have to leave my job, um, my very high-stress job, (laughs) which was hard for me to accept because it was my dream and it took a lot for me to get here, but I know that it's too toxic to stay here. And I'm a writer. And um, my question is, in the meantime, I'm having a really hard time keeping my cool around my boss who has become unbearable. (laughs) Um, He is just extremely negative, which he always was. But um, the digs and comments and uh, putting us all on blast every day has like reached a new level. Um, And I just, every day I feel like I'm on the verge of tears or the verge of flipping out. Uh, It's really... He he pushes us, which is good because he gets the best out of us. And God, I've learned so much from him. And he's respected and revered for a reason. But he also treats his staff terribly. And um, I just know that I'm giving him the reaction he wants. 
because he's like deep in our heads. He's like knows how to get at our insecurities, when to give us crumbs of praise. So we keep wanting more and working harder. And even though we know he's torturing us, and ugh, it's awful. But I know that I'm giving him the reaction he wants when I get pissed off <laughs> or snap back at him. Um, so my question is, what tips or advice do you have for keeping your cool and for not giving people the reaction they want and to just react smartly? Because I'm having a really hard time doing that, um, just being around someone like that for 40 plus hours a week. It's like when you're prodded that much, at some point you're going to blow. <laughs> so any advice you have, I would much appreciate. Thank you guys. I fucking lived that life. Like, I have lived the life you're discussing. I did not handle it well. Like, the the answer is, is that there really is no way to handle what is essentially long-term emotional abuse at the place where your livelihood stems from. It's the most fucked up thing in the world. The only thing that I can recommend for you to do until you find a new job, and I really think you should be actively looking and possibly leaving this place if the contract or whatever is... If you can at all leave and you have savings, just leave. The sooner you get out of there, the better. Because trust me when I say you're going to have to do some recon after you leave anyway. You're probably going to be in therapy for like two fucking years. You're probably going to need a break from work, people, environments like this, etc. I really just – I feel for you. And I'm so glad you're doing this at 28 because the older you get – um, your tolerance for abuse and kind of just like feeling uncomfortable is grows less and less. And if this was happening to you at 33, 34, I, I wouldn't know how to help you. I would, you still have some life resiliency left in you that I don't have anymore. Um, I will say what I did and then I'll let these guys talk. I filled up my life with as much stuff as possible. I happened to get into a very, very serious relationship when I was at the biggest breaking point with work. Um, I really, really concentrated on um, writing outside of work, um, in my free time, seeing my friends, treating myself to nice meals, going away for weekend trips when I had the chance. Um, I don't know if you're in TV. It sounds like you might be in print. Um, but if you make decent money, use that money to take care of yourself, um, and really just make your livelihood, like your, or your life outside of work as great as possible so that when you're at work, you have other experiences to think about and treats and, and adventures ahead of you. What do you guys think? Well, the one thing that like sort of bothered me about the question is she said, like, I know it was my dream, but I have to leave. Like, your dream does not require you to be unhappy every day. Yeah. Right. Like the, you don't get one shot and if you leave to make yourself happier, it your dreams are done and that's right. all and you have no other chance and there's no place where you can be happy. Like if you're unhappy there, it that's not the end goal for you. Right. But it does when when you are unhappy, it seems like yeah. it's shot. You're trapped. So yeah, this is easy, all I have. It's easy to get caught up in that mm -hmm. that feeling. Oh, for sure, I get it. And it's like there's two things you can do when people around you are shitty to you and make you feel bad is either you like are relentlessly positive mm -hmm. and eventually that cracks people because they feel bad mm -hmm. that they are so sour and shitty rain clouds next to your like beautiful shining sun. So you could do that. But if it's too far gone and you can't do that, ice the dude out. I feel like this boss sounds like a high power fucking narcissist sociopath, yeah. prototypical L.A fucking massive male cunt and like i 
I don't know if you can play that game with this type of person because even if he if even if he did start to pity her and f- have a moment, which I don't think he's probably right. capable of, mm-hmm. he would have to railroad that immediately. Yeah. So I yeah. I would not even think about what he's thinking. Another thing, honestly, I started to physically do this thing. I just started to like wipe my arms if I was talking to someone because I found that it really helped me keep their fucking energy off me. Yeah. So like I would just like subconsciously be wiping my arms and it was like what it was really doing is I'm I'm a fucking energy sponge. And so like when I when I'm feeling negative shit come towards me, just wipe your arms, man. It really does help mm-hmm. if you're a, a hypersensitive person. Like I'm RuPaul. an INFT. I'm an INFPT. I didn't know something. I just found out. That's true. <laughs> um, what, what about you, Jeff? What do you think? So I think I, I, just thinking about the work thing specifically, I think two things have to happen here as long as she stays there um, to make it bearable. And one is that she needs to realize that as much as it might not seem like it, he needs her way more than she needs him yeah. um, because she's obviously doing good work or his <laughs> bullshit wouldn't come out on her. Um, and so once you kind of grab that power and know that in the situation, my honest to God advice would just be to like smile at the guy and fucking high five him every day and be like, yeah, and take away. And it's, it's way easier said than done. But if you can turn it on him, and this is a very much fuck you kind of thing. Yeah. If you can turn it on him and make it seem like you are having the greatest time possible while yep. you're looking for something else completely, yeah. yep. do it. And, and by the way, nothing is more freeing than realizing you fucking pity someone. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's so when you're just like, do you think about what your boss's life is like? Like, does he really love anyone? Is he so really that's capable ex- of love? Honestly, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say because we've got this sweet, caring person who who calls in and is clearly worried about not only herself but the other people that yeah. she works with. Yeah. And just think for five minutes about this guy goes home and everything is empty. Something rotten oh, happened God. to him. You know, when someone's when someone's fucked up like that, something really rotten happened to them that you would never want to personally experience. Thank God that you still have like your smile on your face somewhere deep down inside that you know that this is wrong and that you're not operating from a place of fear where you think this behavior is acceptable. Uh, I'm proud of you, caller. I think you should stay in this biz. Uh, you sound like a gem. And you know what? Finally, the last thing I was thinking. In terms of just manifesting this as your dream, when people say, you know, be careful what you wish for, it's really true because manifestation, I personally believe, is very powerful. It's been very powerful in my life. I have imagined myself in scenarios before I've been in them since I was two years old. So I really want to say that what you think is your dream, start manifesting not just the great uh, exposure that you get from the work and the work that you get to do, but the environment that you're in Um, and start really trying to focus on what you want from your environment. Because since I was in that situation, I have turned down jobs because I have sensed that it would be an unhealthy environment for me. And I have just flat out said, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. Because the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if you're picking up a check every week. If you are t- shaving years off your long-term life and expectancy in the greater scope of your career, there's no point to it. I'd rather be 55 and working and be like 32 and the hottest shit on the block. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. And, so. and, I, and along with that, be open to your dream evolving. 
You know, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself. What you thought you wanted doesn't have to be what you actually want. So, Absolutely. And if you can't do the, like, be positive thing, because I know how much that sucks to hear when you're at the end of your rope and you're so depressed and people are like, be positive, and you're like, I cannot, and that's why I need help. Yeah. Ice him out. Like, don't give – do your work, show up, and that's all you have to do. And at the same time, look, you know, look for something else. But, like, don't give this dude anything more than you're willing to give him. Cordial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cordial's the word, baby. <laughs> yep. All right. Next call. What's up, malls and crew, Christina, guest? What's going on? Um, I'm not going to do the thing where I shit on myself. I'm going to say I'm a pleasant, affable human. 25, going to school. I have no loans. But the crux of the matter and my question is, I live at home and – uh, that kind of sucks, um, but I am not taking any money out uh, to go to college. Um, so my thinking is I recently got on like the dating app scene. I'm, I'm turning into kind of a bumble wizard. It's really bizarre. Uh, I've never had any games, so it's interesting to have girls message me. Whatever, long story short, what do you think about like outward transparency uh, in the initial dating process because most of the girls that I am matching with are 25 to 30 and like seem reasonably successful. Anyway, I want to hear your thoughts on what it's like to potentially date someone who in for all intents and purposes is like a good human and has all the qualities you want out of a significant other but is 25 and lives with his parents. Anyway, I hope to hear back. Thanks. You guys are the best. Cheers. Bree, you're like 25, 26. 26. Mm-hmm. What would what how would you handle this? Um I mean, I'm not actively looking for a person who's going to live right. at home, but if I really like the person, you yeah. can work with it. Look, I think that as long as someone as long as your prospect has uh, a talent or a drive that you're attracted to. Yeah. I don't think it matters where they are in their life. Yeah. I've never been able to be with someone who's not ambition-based at the very least. But look at you. Fucking fiscally smart. Mm-hmm. No loans. No loans. That's hot. Yep. Okay? <laughs> no loans is hot. No 25? kidding. Throw that out. There's your Bumble game. If yeah. a dude on a dating app seriously was like, hey, what's up? I am college educated. <laughs> I have no loans. I'd be like, okay. Uh, just ask me about my credit score yeah. should be your – that's your Bumble tag. Ask me about my credit score. And then that's the intro. Hey, by the way, uh, I'm fucking – you're – no, I actually I would like to date you. Are yeah, you? Yeah, I was just gonna say I have in my own place. That's fine. Um, no, I I really think that look, it is tough. It's tough out there. I love Bumble Wizard. That's cute. I've never done Bumble, uh, but as a as a Tinder lover myself, I love Tinder because I love meeting randoms. Um, I I really do. It's especially as a homeowner. It puts me in a weird dating bracket because I'm afraid guys are going to want to date me for my house because I'm not going to lie. I've made it work with a guy I didn't really like because his house is sick before. Okay? I've made it work for maybe a couple more weeks than I would have if he was living in an apartment. Um, I also – I don't want to be doing half of some nights overnight at some guy's apartment in Eagle Rock. Not for me at this stage in my life. Also, not – I I just is weird. It's just weird. So I think that the money stuff does come up a lot in the, in just the, the trans, like the, uh, 
Yeah, the nature of Tinder. It's like looks. Does you do you look like you can um, support yourself? And does it look like you're you know how to have a fun time and are normal? Those are definitely the three things you're looking for right away on a dating app. I've gotten to the match phase with a person and then literally been like, so what do you do? Oh, I drive for Instacart. And then I have this horrible moment where I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, unmatched. Like I have to unmatch. Like where I really literally tried to give it 10 seconds of thought where I'm like, can I date an Instacart driver? I know a girl that's married to like a really hot British guy who's an Uber driver. Like good for her, European men, hashtag European men. But like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, uh, Jeff, when you were dating, girls, guys don't care about girls' money. No. I, so I, first of all, this caller is a man after my own heart because he said long story short and then made it five times longer, which <laughs> I am I am the embodiment of. So uh, big ups, bro. Um, so here's the thing. I, I, I've, I was always super upfront with people when we started dating about where I was at, what I was looking for, because I think if people know that you're at least self-aware – about what's going on with you, whether it's yeah. good or bad, that's a huge yeah. point in your favor. And if I if he if he went on a date with a girl and told her what he just told us, like I'm 25, I'm living with my parents, it sucks and I hate it, and it makes me feel weird because I'm older, but I'm gonna be set up for the future because I didn't take out any money. It's it's hard. It, like if if you're going out with that person, it's hard. It, it'd be weird for you to be like, that. okay, well you suck. Yeah, like you don't suck. Yeah. You you have a plan and what's so, the big drawback is it that you're a loser that you live with your parents or because you don't have a place to fuck or like can you fuck at your parents house or are you worried about like what is the real question because what is it ultimately what is your living and how does your living environment affect your dating life yeah i think he just feels bad about it and i he, think so too yeah, and i don't think there's any reason yeah, for it because you're 25 you're not like 40 yeah yeah trust me i'm i'm gonna be 37 this year and it's it's all over enjoy this now yeah, if there, if you were, I would say you have about three more years till it's weird, yeah. till it's very, till it's unexplainably weird, and then it's kind of like, dude, you got to figure it out. Yeah. So you're fine if well, you just can be your nice, nice guy. So he seems like a great dude. Good, be yourself. Good I, Who cares? I can't even imagine being on. Like I'm too old for the dating apps because it, mm. it just never no. happened for. Yeah, I. I oh no. Oh. Okay. Like Tinder oh, yeah. and Bumble and and Tweezel and I don't even know what the hell uh-huh. they are. Um, it it would have been a disaster for me when I was younger because I was reckless. I can't believe I didn't get an STD anyway, but if uh, I had dating apps, it would have just been. I see. I don't hook up off the dating apps. I'm, I mean, I, I. You actually go on dates. I literally, literally my first swipe on a person, I wound up in a three-month relationship with that person. So, like, I am, um, first of all, I'm very good at Tinder. Um, <laughs> literally, when I say I love Tinder, there's a reason. It's because I'm doing exactly what I'm the highest functioning Tinder user, to be honest, and probably the highest functioning. You should write a book. I think I will. Um, by, by the way, true story, I did match for about 10 minutes one summer and yeah. dated a girl from Emerson. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So that, that, that's she's why great, you got a though. Little... She's, she's actually great. I have no problem with Emerson, <laughs> by the way. For my career's sake as well, like, yeah. can you stop aligning me with people who hate Emerson? Um, yeah, dude, you're awesome. Let's take our next call. Hi, Malls. Um, my name's Jamie, and I... First of all, I just wanted to say that you and Christina are amazing, and I recently got into the podcast, like, about two months ago. Um, and then I went to L.A. and spent a fair bit of time on my own, wandering around, and the whole time I basically listened to probably about 40 or so episodes pretty much every 
day I listened to you guys and it was really cool. Um, the reason why I'm calling is because actually it's about the holiday that I went on. So I go to LA like a few times, um, probably like a couple of times a year and I am looking to move there eventually. Um, this time around, so I was there a couple of weeks ago, um, just seeing friends and relaxing. I ended up meeting a guy on Tinder, um, and we met up and it was really cool, like really, really got on, uh, went for a couple of drinks, went to his, and then kind of slowly over the course of the evening, like I just, we felt this really intense connection and like so much so that we ended up spending pretty much 10 days solidly together um and in those 10 days like i ended up leaving my hotel staying at his uh we went to galleries like gigs went to loads of restaurants spent a few days in palm springs um did like really really nice things met a lot of his friends um it was basically like a relationship but condensed into 10 days and it was fucking amazing and uh this connection that we had was really strong and you know like we got a lot of similarities with the same sort of outlook on life same sense of humor like takes all the boxes is really really gorgeous like it's basically like my dream but in a way in which I wasn't really looking for anyone, so that kind of makes it even more special because it was so surprising. Um, then on my final night, you know, it's kind of a bit intense because I was leaving and obviously he's staying in LA. I, you know, we ended up having a conversation and he asked me, like, where do we go from here? Basically, we were just really honest with each other and we both feel exactly the same. Um, we both want to stay in each other's lives and, you know, we really want to make it work. And obviously, with my kind of end goal being living in LA, you know, it will make the relationship easier, you know, relatively we'll be in the same city. Um, so, you know, we've agreed that we're going to be exclusive to each other and, it's, you know, it's going really, really well. Like, speak to him every day on FaceTime, you know, texting and whatever. Um, hi, I just called um, about my holiday that I went on. Uh, I think I spoke too much and the voice might end it, so I'm going to be really quick. Basically, um, now that I'm back in London, you know, we're kind of still very much in touch, talking every day, FaceTime, all that kind of stuff, and it's really great. Like, he's going to come and visit in July. I'll probably go back out to LA maybe in September or October. And I guess, like, because the whole thing feels so natural, you know, I kind of really do see, you know, us being together as a proper couple, you know, together, having, you know, not a long-distance relationship, which is really exciting to me. And, like, I, you know, I take a lot of comfort in that because, like I said, you know, it wasn't something I was really looking for or expecting. I guess the reason why I'm calling is because, you know, as much as, this whole experience and this connection is really, really nice and really beautiful and I'm having such a great time, you know, and even though we're not physically together, we're still, you know, very much in communication and it's great. I just wanted to know kind of what your thoughts are on long-distance relationships, you know, because I know that we both have the kind of determination and we want the same thing. So, you know, that, that's great. But I just kind of worry you know the whole exclusivity thing you know could he possibly cheat on me could i end up fucking things up
Jamie, if you weren't so fucking sweet, I would have to like really make fun of you for the length of that message. I mean, you are obviously in love, but like, let me tell you something. It is, I watch so much reality television to bore me with tediousness is almost impossible. So like, really? (laughs) That was truly crazy. That said, you're like talking like, I I totally get that. I've been in the place you're at where you want to figure out the end right now so that you can just be like, you can just figure it out and be happy and fine. Um, Gotta just fight, gotta kick back and let it, and let it unfold, my friend. You know, what do you think? Ever had this happen? I've never been in a long, long-term relationship, and I wanted to ask if you guys like the idea of the whirlwind romance, because that, I hate that idea. It freaks me out. I don't know how people can uh, do that, like go to a place and fall I, like, in love with somebody in 10 days. and almost married them in two weeks, and then literally I couldn't stand them a week later. So like that- Yeah, that's why I'm like, it's, it's, yeah. I don't think I could ever get to that point where I'm like going to Palm Springs with the person I just met four days ago. You have to play it out. It sounds super fucking dreamy and fun, though, but I would let it play out. What do you think going the distance, friend? I asked you if you had this called in. I did did not, but thank you for making me look awesome, Jamie. Um, (laughs) So it's funny because I had never been in a long-distance relationship before writing my movie, and then – a uh, year, two years ago now, almost my fiance, we, uh, right before we got engaged or before we got engaged, um, took a job in San Jose and moved out of our apartment for a year and a half. <clears throat> and, you know, she needed to do it for a job and I was super supportive. Um, and so I ended up living my stupid fucking movie, which was really annoying. Um, but the thing that I found that was most important is, um, really take this time to um, allow yourself to miss him um, and appreciate him. Yeah, that's a good tip. That's that's the thing that I gained the most from her leaving. And there were times where it was really hard. I'm kind of a solitary person anyway. So part of it was good for me because I got to have my own time and stuff like that. But most of it was hard and I missed her. And I just made sure to sort of respect that and let myself miss her. And then when she came back, my appreciation for her had grown 10 or 20 times. Um, so, so really lock in with that and, and feel it and use that going forward because you know now what it's like to be far away from that person and for all intents and purposes lose them. So, well, but, but that said, remember that they've only had this 10 day intoxicating romance. Oh, sure. But you've, you, I, I would just say let it imbue the rest of your relationship going forward where, right. you know, if it gets hard, um, if you still think it's what you want, but it's hard, just remember what it was like being away. Right. And how lucky you are to have this now. And if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. But at yeah. least, you know, uh, let that appreciation grow. That said, I want to tell you that you were actually in the last probably calendar year and a half, I know four, four Brits and American in LA based couples that have started. And that like, they, I know two girls that have moved to London. I know a guy that's moved here. Uh, I know another couple that's still in the transition phase. Um, it's crazy. Like this is a thing now it's trending. Uh, so I think you should just, I think in, in all of these relationships, they've totally made it work. And by the way, is there a more fabulous place to go visit than London? If you're from LA, 
No. <laughs> is there a more fabulous place to go visit than if you live in? No. There. You, I mean, this is a great place to go visit. I mean, LA is a great place to come visit. Yeah. And I want you to think about that before you move here, too. It's a fun <laughs> place to visit. I feel a little bit bad because I did write down during that call, he has a second family. He has a wife and kids. And you guys are being so positive of the, oh, like, Oh, that's entirely possible. But I was just like, I don't know, man. Be cautious. Well, you what can about still, his secret you can life? Show, you can still be cautious and go for it. That's like, true. I, th- I think you just have to be realistic about what's happening. Like, you know, like you said, whirlwind, that freaks you out. I can understand that completely. So if you're just honest with yourself about what's happening, like, yeah, we met. It was pretty crazy. I'm going to give it a shot because why wouldn't I? Yeah. I think if you go in with that headspace you're 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 gonna do pretty good no matter what just promise me this jamie if you do move here please for the sake of your life and career and mental health and everything else no matter how much you love this person don't live together for the first year yeah just get firm yourself here live alone in la find out what it feels like to move around here as an independent person the last thing you would want to do is find an immediate crutch upon like upon moving here and then have that go away suddenly and then be like, you know, shit out of luck. So that's great advice. Just take care of yourself, Jamie. Uh, I'm so thank you for calling. Also, I'm really like, uh, I don't know. I'm honored when people call internationally. It's like very cool. Can we also say that we spent the first half of listening to that call thinking that it may have been James from Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> it still might be, honey. Two days in Palm Springs. True. Sounds very DJ James Kennedy. Um, oh, that take fucking next- guy. Uh, do you love him or what? Oh, um, I, I can't. I, that is the only reality show I cannot watch. Oh, I love it. I can't mm. do it. Why What's not? your other favorite? What are your other favorites? Oh, I like everything. Yeah. I, like I still watch Real World. Yeah. Like, that's how sad I am. But the Vanderpump people, I just, I can't, it hurts me to know that I share a city with them. Yeah. It is fascinating. I love them all. But you know what? I just, <laughs> I just started watching and I watched the like behind the scenes mm-hmm. that Andy Cohen did of yeah. like, this is what we were thinking when we discovered these people. Yeah. And then after that, I went back and started watching and you watch it in a whole different light. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. Because when you think like he just, like people who work in the industry stumbled yeah. upon this group of people who just live like that openly. Yeah. I mean, well, they are the, the uh, offshoot of Lisa Vanderpump. Right. But they, they are real mm-hmm. and they are real crazy like that. Mm-hmm. They're, all of them are really and they real. They were like dating for years before the show even started. They think they're friends. They really do. I believe they think they're friends. Yeah. That's my working theory is they all feel they're like, you know, they have their Monica Chandler moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you guys are just like swamp people. <laughs> like, but they're not. They're actually oh, all, I am no. dear friends with Stassi. <laughs> I'm dear friends with her. And I would never want her to think I think negatively about her. So, Jeff, your commentary is not welcome. <laughs> uh, I do want to say that we share guilty pleasure, I think. Julia Allison. I don't know who that is. Well, oh, who was the one on the email chain one day? The email chain exploded. It turns out half of us were following this like minor New York media celeb for years. This girl, Julia Alice. Oh, I remember. I remember you guys. St- I didn't. I, I remember you guys telling me about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know who she was. That was super weird, though. Yeah, that was that was really funny. All of us, uh, all of us gals were like, it like was us. OK, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's take our next call. Hey, Molly and Christina. Um, it's Jesse. I'm actually a second time caller. I'm from, I'm Jesse from the Tinder Grifter. I'm, I was grifted or was I the Grifter? I'm not sure, but, um, I actually have like another sort of debacle. Anywho, um, I have a 
job. I my work. Um, I work for this very. Um, well, I don't know. Is this for sale? It's it's up there. It's a department store, and I work in the offices for them. Um, anyways, and there's this woman. I won't say her name, but she's vile and she's disgusting. And I want her dead. No, I don't want her dead, but I just want her to be gone from this office because the other day she told me that she wants all quote-unquote hijabs. I'm not sure what that means, but she does what she said. She wants all hijabs gone and dead. And I said, you know, so-and-so. Uh, why? <laughs> and she said, because they don't know how to drive. And I said, hun, maybe, maybe you should just, you know, calm yourself a little bit. And she did not. She just straight up, uh, looked at me and, um, wanted to kill me. She's extremely racist. She's super old. I like her because she likes me, um, but that's obviously not a reason to like someone. She uses the word hijab, and she uses the word hummer a lot. Um, she, I don't think she uses the word hummer in the proper way. Like, she said that, she said that her, hum, that her husband gave her a hummer. The other day, but I don't think that she knows that a, what a Hummer means because her husband bought literally a Hummer, um, and she's pissed at him. I, you know what? I'm gonna like just leave it at this. <clears throat> Christina, just edit that last part out because it literally has nothing to do with it. But by the way. I want to know why you guys never invited me to the show because, hey, sorry, I got cut off by your rude um, cutoff time. But anyways, um, just to cut it short, I just want to talk about how the fact that you guys would want to answer the fact that I have a fucking uh, racist-ass coworker. Also, you never really called me back or, you know, made me on the pod. I I, I think I could really, you know, this this is like a Make-A-Wish Foundation moment. Never really did it. It's fine. It's fine, Malls. You know, it's fine. It's fine. I know you just got a new house. Helen's real cute. I love the house. Christina, you're probably doing something fucking epic. Nobody, you're on that new pod. Anyways, you know what? I'm fucking babbling at this point. Let's, you know, let's do this. Call me, text me, beat me if you want to reach me. And, um, hopefully you guys answer my, my cue, my little qualm, my little, uh, whatever. I'm drunk. Bye.
So frame of reference, Jesse was previously, he was previously on the show because he, we talked on the phone actually, because he told us that he was in a scenario where he was dating a guy that he had met on Tinder. And then the guy from Tinder took him to lunch with his mother and his mother was like weird. And like she, Oh yeah. I remember this call purse or something. I don't know. And then uh, like her, she was just like disheveled. And then the (laughs) guy he was dating went to the bathroom. And then the mom basically was like, don't tell my son, but I need to borrow like $1,500 or something. And I, we were like, well, we have to call him because obviously he's being scammed yeah. and that's for drugs. Yeah. Like they're either a mother son team or she's just a straight up addict or like, but, but probably all of the above. So, um, Jesse, you're a, an adorable mess. Um, I have made a decision. I'm going to first just maybe call you on maybe you calling me, not a woman of my word. Uh, we just haven't had time, Jesse. But um, you will receive an invitation to our 100th anniversary party. If you are in L.A., we're going to have a small, probably 20-person party at my house, and every question is going to be answered by a different guest, and there's going to be a little ambiance in the background, drinks, etc. And some of your favorite please advise us from the past, including you, Jesse, you sociopath. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I could go to HR. What do you think? Uh, look, I'm I'm uh, oh my god, I'm a big fan of poking the bear. Yeah. Mm. So I say that you fuck with if she's old. I say you fuck with her until she dies. Okay. I mean, literally, like just 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 keep poking and chipping away. However you do it, either by agreeing with her or disagreeing with her or just getting her to run her mouth. I would, I would personally love you to keep her alive for a little while so you can call in again and I can hear more about her because the Hummer thing was fantastic. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, Truly wild. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of agitation. So I would say agitate away. What about you? Um, I was sort of thinking the same thing, which is uncharacteristic you're for not, me. You're nice. yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, if I'm talking about myself, I would just ignore it until I never had to see her again, and yeah. I would keep my hatred for her bottled deep inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not super healthy. Uh, I, I mean, Jesse's gay, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Does she? What would she think about that? Uh, I'm kind of that? alluding to the fact that I think she's either. Potentially referencing her husband going down on her. Yeah. But to him, because he's a gay guy, like, I don't think you really oh. walk up to your straight male coworker and say, like, got my pussy ate last yeah. night. Like, especially <laughs> from, like, a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I think that you, yeah, I think you, sh- I don't, and also, guys, where are we on hijab? What is that? Is that, that's terrible, right? That's terrible word? Oh, definitely the way she said it. Yeah. Okay. Especially, yeah. Uh, I'm not, because I'm not super brushed up on my Middle Eastern range of slang and shit, so I don't know where that, if that is a, gen- if that's a genuine, no, I'm assuming it's bad. It's an actual I'm, thing, yeah. but used pejoratively like pejoratively. that. Pejoratively, okay. Uh, yeah, that's probably pretty bad. I've never I've, even heard that I've before. I've got to say... Well, it's like the head. Well, the I know what star. a hijab yeah. is, but I've, I've never heard it as like that'd be like calling you like graphic tea. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. you know, it like is that's a, weird. Well, I think it's reminiscent. This is a bad word, but I'll say towel head. I think it's reminiscent of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. of that what's referring to their religious garb. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Th- that said. Uh yeah, I think you should tell her you're totally dating a hijab. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was saying just the be man, so not the out and gay and loud, and just bring all of your f- multicolored friends in. Photoshop a bunch of shit. Yeah, if shove you it have down. To. My I was throat. thinking a very heavy photoshopping moment has to happen yeah. with you somehow. Like, tell her that's where you're going for summer vacay. Like everything. I'll be in Syria. 
Um, By the way, I can't remember the last thing I enjoyed as much as I like her, I think, because she likes me so much. Yes, that was so true. That was, yep. But honestly, I do think that she is being it's there. If she likes you so much, there's pro, it's probably driven by a weird homophobia yeah. because yeah. she thinks of you as like this token fun yeah. office gay yeah. that she can be racist and bad in front of like your fucking Jack from Will and Grace or something. Yeah. Is she trying to be the Karen to your Jack? Where do whoa, we think she whoa. is? She I, doesn't seem cool enough to even be aware of yeah, that. Yeah, this is like an Archie Bunker situation. You think so? Yeah. I have to say, I don't know what it is, but there is a line with racism where it's so absurd that I have to just start laughing oh, a little to, bit. Yeah. I mean, because it's just so fucking when it's that That's car- what I mean. When it's that does, is that like the one yeah. thing you know about Muslim people is that some of them oh, wear hijabs? I, I, so I that's the only thing you I could think she of doesn't to even use know to what insult that is. No. She just knows the word yeah. and knows it's associated with Muslims. And so she just throws that's lazy. It out there. That's lazy racism. Oh, yeah. it doesn't yeah. even make sense. Well, not, there's not there's not a lot of uh, entrepreneurial racism. It's it's a lot, lot of people not thinking. Wow, but if you do know of examples of entrepreneurial racism, <laughs> call three two three four five zero seven four zero eight. That is actually a topic I would like to explore on the show. Um, I really think if you're that disturbed by, it, go to HR. It doesn't sound like you're there yet, but. You know, God, if any, eventually HR will be called on her, uh, especially if you're working in a corporate office environment. If this was the entertainment industry, she would probably be a celebrated person. Um, <laughs> they'll be moved to the top oh, of every God. studio. That's so unfortunate. Uh, uh, you know, it's true. Yeah. You're, and no one calls it. I just had a friend tell me recently that she went to HR for something and I lolled. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you use that? I was like, you use HR? Like, no one goes to HR. It's a formality. It's what they do so that your boss can call you a cunt. People like- in entertainment <laughs> literally have ways to know how you, they're going to sexually assault people and go to HR first mm-hmm. around them oh, so wow. that when the person actually, when they do it and the person goes, they're like, well, I already talked to him. What's oh, the Netflix wow. um, uh, uh, HR, the sexual assault meeting? What do they call oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sexual um, harassment meeting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty comprehensive. I felt careful. For. Warner Brothers Shout is a out to great Netflix. slideshow because Warner Brothers was involved in the Friends lawsuit, you know, so they have a, like a picture of the oh. Friends cast. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. Lots of uh, Mike and Molly screen grabs with examples mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, see, when you're when you're a screen, I've never worked in TV. When you're a screenwriter, just nobody talks to you anyway. Yeah, so. oh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, that's I think desired. You know, I, I yeah, is that sad? I don't know. Well, it's. It's sad it's sad to know you're the only person in the production who's guaranteed to get fired at some point. That's the sad part. Um uh, but I feel I feel like um writers are strange strange people and so people just kind of leave you alone if they think you're normal, yeah. which is fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I had that internship I was talking to you about the movie came out one of my first jobs was to work at the press conference for it and the poor writers of the movie were so confused right now I'm always asking them questions. Oh yeah, nobody wants to know. Like they they tried to sign a poster and someone's like, Oh no 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 no, that's just for the cast. <laughs> Like, they didn't even want the writers oh, no. to sign yeah. a poster, you know? They, they yeah. actually – a perfect example of this in the special features for Going the Distance, there's a little part where they interviewed me as part of an overall package, and they spelled my name wrong. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Hollywood. got to love it. Oh. Uh, do you guys have anything more to throw in on this before we tap out? I think we covered it. Jesse, you rule. 
Um, can we talk about Loot Crate for two? Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Make sure to head over to LootCrate.com slash malls. That's M-O-L-L-S and enter code MALLS, that's M-O-L-L-S, to save $3 off on any new subscription. Here's what they have to say about their upcoming box. Pop culture is full of brave new worlds and societies and flux that don't always turn out for the best. You're telling me, Loot Crate. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia. Featuring classics Robocop, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and The Matrix, and new faves Bioshock Infinite, and Fallout 4, we've got a figure, cool collectibles, and of course, our dystopiorific monthly tea. Guys, these teas are actually very, very chill, and I, personally, as a girl who likes to, you know, like, keep shit loose, you know, up top, like, like I keep a more fitted leg, and then, like, a looser top, I suggest you size up. I always like a size up. All right, anyway... You guys, lootcrate.com slash malls, M-O-L-L-S. Please advise, if you don't have a hobby, maybe get one via Loot Crate. Bye. Okay, Bree's going to read our letter. Okay. I'm 32. I'm fat. My academic career? Sporadic. Awkwardly uh, Awkwardly exited a very domestic relationship three years ago and ended up moving in with my grandparents. Treated on and off for bipolar type 2. I still think I was misdiagnosed, just have a good sense of humor. Laid in bed for three years, got really gross. Finally got a job, school still sporadic, approaching 33. Want to meet a good person to be affectionate with and share funny moments with, but don't want my fatness to reflect on my self-control and whatnot. Very afraid of the fact that I have one to two friends that I hardly see. Used to write music, lost the love. Just want your advice on how to overhaul my life at this delicate age of 32. Love winging it, can't afford to stay in bed for that long again. Will most, lo- most likely die of obese-related disease. Please advise, how do I become a better human being? How do I make friends at this age? How do I stay on a treadmill long enough to feel inspired for the next day? Just want to live better, want to be better, want people to like me again, want to like myself again. Wow. Wow. Takes balls to write a letter like that. That's a good step, first step. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the type two diagnosis. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's the one to get. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard type two is kind of chic. So I didn't even know there were types now. Type is type two is basically it's like the more it's it's considered to be the slightly more nuanced form of bipolar. Okay, uh, that from that I this is from what I know from extensive Wikipedia research. Okay, um, I because when I knew someone that was diagnosed with it, and I just needed to know, like, everything, and I, without, and I was too afraid to ask them. Sure. Can sure. I do a subtle plug for this girl to watch Lady Dynamite? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. About that. And uh, Maria Bamford, whose show it is, she has bipolar, too. Yeah. And she talks about it super openly, and it feels so new and exciting. Yeah. Because I have family members with bipolar as well, and just, like, being around somebody who was like, this is my life. It's normal. You can build a life around it. Like, that's big. Yeah. So she sounds like she needs to do uh, a little more research into that. 
bipolar too? I know. I think it's, I think, uh, I think you are right in that you feel you're like, I just have a good sense of humor. My takeaway with bipolar too has always been that you just see the world a little bit differently. Um, and cognitive therapy is really good for that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, what I really, what's always been good for me. Uh, when I n- need to restart my life, uh, and by the way, this always works. I'm not even kidding you. This always works. If This always works for me. Uh, I sit down and I meditate for like five or ten minutes. I just clear my brain out. I breathe. I clear out. I get very just like calm. Like almost take – maybe take a bath first. Maybe do it at night. Get very calm. And then – Draw a circle on a paper and in the middle of the circle, write an area of your life you want to address. Let's say it's work. So then remember those like spider web things that you used to do in like school, those graphs? So then off of the work bubble, draw a line. And what you're going to write is not what you are currently living, but what you are going to live in the most ideal phrasing possible, the most positive words. So Let's say it was um, instead of looking at something like physical beauty, maybe look at the idea of health. And instead of writing, I'm going to be not fat, right? I am physically fit and in charge of my body. And if you live your life addressing your basically your desires as as reality, then you will live it. And that is just it's just the truth. And I you know, I'm at a little bit of a place right now. I haven't known if I'm depressed or uh, if I've been forgetting to take my antidepressants regularly or if moving and having a new dog has just taken a toll on me. But I've been feeling very called to do uh, redoing what I call – I don't call them this myself uh, – <laughs> uh, conscious life pictures is what I call them or ideal scenes. And um, it is sort of like hippy dippy stuff, but if you're not in the right mental state and if you're judging all of your actions, you can't move past them. Yeah. So you've got to stop judging your actions. And and that's not a pr- like, don't, not, I don't mean to say that, like, you've got to stop. Like, be nice, be so super nice to yourself. Be, try just to be so super nice to yourself and take care of yourself and write down what you want. And then do something right after you do it. Writing isn't enough to do it. You do something to start the intention. So let's say you do your work thing and you look at all of this stuff and you say, what is one thing I can do right now to send this message off into the universe? Maybe it's going to someone's website and emailing them your resume. Maybe it's calling Please Advise. Maybe it's picking up a phone and mending a burn bridge. Um, But you have to send your basically your intention into action and then that's what when you start to see immediate results, because if you're not, if doors don't open, walls will be put up. And once you, there's nothing more freeing than a boundary, I think. So go discover all your boundaries and all of the places that you have room to grow. I think that like, I feel for you, girl. Like I just really, I really feel for you. Know that 32 is not too late. You know, Jeff's 37 and he's just getting married. I fuck up (laughs) all the time. (laughs) My whole life is spent fucking up. So when did you and your fiance meet we met uh in 2007 at on saint patrick's day every saint patrick's day me and my best friend go to the same bar molly malone's on Mm -hmm. fairfax and we do the same thing and um i was dating the the mitt romney girl at the Mm -hmm. time and she had a boyfriend but our 
two groups of friends kind of met at one point and all our friends were making out and we were the only two with significant <laughs> others. So we just hung back and talked. Yeah. So and your then life is a rom-com, Jeff. I, I, God damn it. I know. How long did it take for you guys to get to the romance so phase? So that was, that was 2007. She came back from law school um, for a summer in 2009 and we were both single and that's, that's when we started dating. So you were how old? Oh, Christ. Um, this was 30, 31. So Jeff was like literally just getting together with his girlfriend around the, or fiance around the age you're at now. Yeah. I try to do some realistic thinking. I look at people I admire while they're shit together. And I think, where were they in their life when they met their spouse? Oh, I know. Wait, I don't want anybody to think I have my shit together. No one thinks that. (laughs) I'm just saying, but but no one does have their shit together. And like, you know, the the people you admire are never really like, you know, and who is anyone? Everyone's fucking. Everyone's so fucked up. Here, here's what I here's how I think about this, honestly, because um, we've all had people in our lives who are depressed and and need a little help. And what I've ended up saying to people is, you know, she said something at the end of the letter that I thought was was really sad, just just in a just in a profound way that I want people to like me again. And I think that when you're in a place like this, you actually need to give yourself permission to see yourself as others see you because there's always people around you who like you and who love you. And even though you have problems, they can see through them to the fact that you're a good person and you have a lot of potential. And if you give yourself permission to see you how they see you, Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the help that you need to kind of come up out of it. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. I have like two other ideas. One, find something small that you can do every day Mm -hmm. and do it every day. Rituals. Yes. And it can be as small, like it can be a little, it can be make your bed, like whatever you can do today, Mm -hmm. pick that as your thing and start doing it every day and realize how good you feel about yourself by like day 30, no matter how small it is. They say that I'm going to put my shoes in the closet. They say making your bed is the best way to start changing your life. Mm -hmm. They say that. No matter how small it is, it doesn't matter. Like doing something regularly and like taking that pride, like this is what I do. I'm going to do it. It it makes you start to feel better about yourself. What do you do like that? I have a couple things. Lately, it's like nighttime routine. Like I like to make sure I like do all like do the flossing, do the like nighttime moisturize, like whatever it is. That's what I like. It gets me feeling good about myself. Like I took the time to care. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was going to say to her too, is like, find the stuff that makes you happy, no matter how stupid it is and indulge in it. Yeah. yeah. Like RuPaul's Drag Race got me through on for month one of unemployment. Yeah. I was like, this is dark. This sucks. What's the one thing I like right now? This. Yeah. yeah. United States of Terror got me through my breakup. Like I sat on the couch for two weeks and just watched the entire series and I like, wept when it was over not just because I didn't have any left but because it just it was taking the place of so much pain yeah but um yeah yeah, it's really really important to fix get get that dopamine rush right now and to have it be coming from positive sources things that make you laugh um endorphins are huge honestly you just get up and walk I would recommend maybe getting a small responsibility like a cat or a dog uh if you can have that at your grandparents house maybe even a fish uh that's for me, I, I need to get better about rituals. My therapist tells me every day or every week, get a ritual. Um, so that's huge. You're right. For me, it's walking my dogs. But that's just because I'm forced to. And by but the that's way. that's a good thing because it forces you to do it. Mm-hmm. And, it forces, and it forces you to move, which is 
just a good thing in general. Like yeah. it gets you breathing. Um, on the fat tip, because I know this well, I, as somebody who's gained at least 60 pounds since I moved to Los Angeles, you always care about that way more than anybody else yeah. does. Yeah, true. And you, you really yep. have to let yourself believe that because that's it's always a bigger thing in your head I get so than it is for anybody else. I get so sad when my over – like I have a friend who's overweight and he hates himself so much and like – after, you know, eight years of friendship, one day I just looked at him and I'm like, you break my fucking heart with this shit. Because when I look at him, I don't, I literally don't think of him as an overweight person. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, like, it, so I, I, yes, that is so real. Literally no one in your life thinks of you like that. You're so right. And just learn to embrace Damn. it because I've, I've got to be honest with you. Like when I started to gain weight, I was like, oh, this probably isn't good. And then it just became comfortable. And I'm like, I don't have to go to the gym. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, girl, thank you so much for that letter, for like opening up with us. I think a lot of people uh, probably really relate to the way you feel right now. And if you guys are relating to this at home and you have advice, if you're on the other side of something like this, uh, if you think everything we just said is bullshit, call 323-450-7408 and leave your response for this caller because I think this is a really good audience participation area. Yeah. Uh, Do we have any more calls? Okay, we have one more call. Let's take it. Hey, Miles. Hey, Christina. This is Essie, second-time caller from South Africa. You gave me great advice, which panned out for me in all the right ways. Um, Take from that what you will. So anyway, um, I grew up in a small town and recently moved back for work. So I'm 24, and all my high school chums who didn't move out of town are married already. I mean, I can't even go to a freaking spin class without seeing 10 engagement rings. Everyone's just dropping like flies, and I'm sick of it. Um, So anyway, one of my closest friends has been engaged for a year now, um, and we're both obsessed with Steve Buscemi. Like, I can't even explain it. Um, So I had a full-size Steve Buscemi body pillow made for her, and she freaking loved it. But her fiancé, who lives just a town over, flipped out and, you know, cussed me out over it. Uh, he really didn't appreciate having another man's likeness on her bed. I mean, it's Steve Buscemi. It's for, like, shits and gigs, you know. He's not exactly a sex symbol. Like, what did he think she was going to do to it? So um, he's crazy controlling and banned her from talking to me. And I don't hold that against her. But anyway, I mean, that's a... That's her future husband. So my question is, did I really cross the line by getting her a freaking body pillow? Um, Because I'm living in a world where I just don't get it when you let other people make decisions for you. Um, I just don't. So help me process this. Was I way out of line for what I did or are they just nut jobs? Please advise. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, what do you guys think? I need to stop and say, I feel like Jeff and I are very lucky to be here on this day when you got this call. Thank you. This is going to be one of your calls. People are going to be like the Buscemi body pillow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's huge. (laughs) By the way, uh, one of the sexiest voices I've ever heard in my life. Really? It's a good voice. Well, she's single. And by the way, there is spin classes in South Africa. (laughs) I had no idea. I did not know if there was spin in South Africa. I'm feeling V good about that right now. That's my number one takeaway from 
sometimes this call. Besides the fact that I have been your friend and I have been you and it sucks for everybody. I have been in a relationship where I have been so afraid of being myself and so stifled and like was just involved because A, I was afraid, B, bored, C, probably really thought I was going to marry that person and that seemed like a hashtag goal at the time. And like really honestly, now that I'm financially secure, no one can tell me what to do. Like suck my dick. I don't, I will, like everything's a choice for me now and life is amazing. So I think your friend should get her money up and or you should just really feel like, oh, go to the place of pity. Go to the place of pity that we discussed earlier, which is compassion and pity. Once you recognize that your friend is so fucking afraid for her life that she can't have what sounds like the dopest pillow in the fucking world in her bed, like even in her house. If the fact that he doesn't see a Steve Buscemi body pillow come through the door and is like, fuck yes, our house is better, you have the best friends, he's mentally ill. Uh, You've got, uh, you've got, look, this is the. If she's marrying him, the the relationship, your friendship is probably in the shitter anyway. So the thing that I would do, I think it's the only thing you can do, is get them both in a room and call him a dildo to his face. Yeah. And then just hope that it rubs off on her. And yeah. she's like, oh, he is a dildo. And then she leaves him. But what if her friend turns on her because she well, obviously she was, is scared? You know, She's, she's already scared. turned on her. Yeah. You know, she's accepted this. Yeah. How do you listen when someone yeah. rationally tells you you can't talk to this person anymore because they bought you a Steve Buscemi if body pillow. If that GD pillow is in the trash somewhere, I swear to God. I know. First of all, you literally live in Africa. You should not be throwing pillows away in the trash. I know it's South Africa. It's fancy. Send it up north. I will I will personally I will personally replace that pillow if it's somehow gone I'm upset. Now. I'm upset. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying that. Uh, Jeff will honor that. I will. Why are you laughing? Christina's dying over there. Well, I, I Googled. Oh, God. I Googled Buscemi body pillow. I didn't find the body pillows. I found a hilarious pillow. Okay, Christina found a Steve Buscemi pillow. It's terrifying. We were just talking a moment ago about what we think it would cost to have this sort of pillow made because we can't find it online. This was like a commission. Sure. Okay, then she has to have the Buscemi pillow printed, made, pieced together by hand, probably by someone on Etsy. Then mail to South Africa. Crazy shipping for an item that size. Yeah. Yeah. I've never mailed anything to South Africa, but it sounds very far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't don't, don't know. My first instinct was that this call was fake because I literally cannot conceive of a world (laughs) where someone would not be happy about that pillow. Uh, Unfortunately, living here, I know way too many of these people. Yeah, and but so, the fact that this yeah. girl had called before, I remember her call. Congratulations mm-hmm. on what you seem to imply at the top of the call was some good D. Yeah, some Texan D. Yeah. Yeah, charitable Texan D. Uh, yeah, I. This is, this is a guy who's very insecure, and your friend's marriage will be over. It, like this, or I, she will be. It's, like this, whatever spirit she has yeah. is going to be gone. Oh, yeah. These are the things that end in murder-suicides because especially if she's your friend, she has to be kind of a cool girl and you know that she's sitting on her personality right now and one day she's going to fucking explode. God knows I did. Mm-hmm. God, That's what I was going to say Where's your too. iPad now, motherfucker? <laughs> what happened to the iPad? <laughs> I'll buy you a new iPad. I'll buy you 20. Where's my congratulations letter on my company selling? I haven't gotten that. It must have been lost in the mail. Anyway, you're dating, your friend's dating a sociopath. Sorry about that. You sound really cool. Come to America. I would love to hang out with you. 
I hate spin class. I I went went once and like a lady knocked my water bottle off my bike and I cried like because I was so thirsty <laughs> and my feet were stuck in the um pedals and I was uh yeah I cried because I was stuck there till the end and I felt pressure to keep going. Anyway, can I, can I say that I went to yoga last week and there was a woman with her baby in the class and the baby's name was Soba. No. There was a baby at my yoga class and his name was Soba. Oh god. No, I'm not okay with that. That's that's not, all I that sounds reminds me of Sobi, those uh sad juices. Fruit drinks. Yeah. Yeah. What are those? It's not a juice. Like why the calories on that? I don't know, but I know that they had them outside of like every elementary yeah. school gym. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if it's not a fruit juice and it's not a soda, why are you wasting the cows? Do you, remember, never- do you remember that stuff? It was before the website. It was called Orbits, and it had the little gelatin balls in it. What the fuck was that? Obsessed, obsessed. Remember that back in the day? It's like a fucking uh, boba tea sort of. Well, that, and I was going to say my my dumb Asian fiance got me into boba, which I hate, <laughs> and I, but I love it. And now, and now it makes me a hypocrite because I was like, that Orbit shit is disgusting. And now I'm eating tapioca what, balls. Uh, I'm like a, like a real Asian white person. She? She's uh, Taiwanese. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. You said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I didn't know that they had boba there. Yeah. And actually, I, uh, somebody somebody just, um, it's a, an Asian comedian on YouTube, and I wish I could remember who it was, but he's, you know, they, they, they have the whole fob thing, which is fresh off the boat. Yeah. And he is adamant that they should change it to to boba brought over by airplanes, <laughs> which is probably the greatest that's thing I've ever heard. Genius. Yeah. Also, that sounds like a really fun YouTube search. Just typing in Asian comedian, yeah, I or Asian stand up comedian. I'm I'll, excited for that. I'll find out who it is, and you can let everybody know on another episode. It's Margaret Cho. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you guys, that was episode 93. Please advise. Thank you so much for listening. Three two three four five zero seven four zero eight. That's the number you call if you want to have your calls on the show. Bree, where can people find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter. Twitter. What's at, your thing? At Brie LaRose. B-R-I. No E at the end. B-R-I LaRose. Are you on Snappy? You know, I'm not. Got to get on Snappy. I know. It's the best. I'm going to do it. Uh, I am on Twitter at, at Dr. GM LaTulip. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Tulip I do. is spelled L- super French. It's, it's L-A-T-U-L-I-P-P-E. So, but we just say it like the flower. And uh, I don't Snapchat. I had a friend who... Uh, worked at America's Funniest Home Videos and would Snapchat me the videos that they couldn't put on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he took a different job and I deleted Snapchat because what's the fucking point? What was that? the best of those videos? Uh, it was, uh, I mean, they were almost always somebody getting violently injured in the crotch. Oh, yeah. Um, so take your pick. I, mean, I don't like, I've never, I've never enjoyed watching people get hurt. I don't I don't understand that. Sometimes situation. I'm a bad person. So you love that. The, I, the the all time one is the the lady who's stomping the grapes and then falls off the stage. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> yep. That's it. So uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I love those things. When I remember fucking seventh grade, Bob Dole, the election. He fell off the stage, and our everyone in class was laughing about it. It's a bunch of like young liberal kids at like, Lexington, Massachusetts, and our teachers like making fun of him. And I raised my hand and I said. Do you really think you should be telling us to make fun of an elderly man that fell off of a stage? And he goes, you bring up a really good point, Molly. And then we got to move on because I was like going to cry. I'm like, 
We're all standing here like that's not our grandpa potentially. Like that's any one of our grandparents falling off a stage. It's embarrassing. It hurts. See, this all, <laughs> this all pays off when you get into heaven and I don't. I know. Well, let's see. I mean, you don't even believe in it. So, yeah. uh. all right, you guys. Anything else? Last words, final words. Christina Lopez. Hey, K. Lopez on Snappy. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good week. 